0: Welcome to the Mommy Mentor Podcast. This parenting bullsheet is hard, am I right? From sleepless nights with newborns to sleepless nights with teens, from potty training to sending them off to college, I'm here to get you through it all as your mommy mentor. My name is Erin kennedy Health, and I'm a registered nurse and a mom of three. I have professional experience with moms and babies as a postpartum nurse, which keeps the postpartum and newborn experience fresh in my mind. And I have 17 years of parenting experience as well. For information on this podcast and more, go to mommymentorpodcast.com. Parents, grab a cup of whatever you prefer and settle in for the next episode. Welcome, Mommy Mentor audience. I have a special guest for you. Her name is Casey Weiss. She is a certified holistic nutritionist. And I have been doing much investigating on her Instagram page. And if you would like to check it out, please do. It is Your Case for Wellness. Well, I feel like I met her over this Instagram. Casey works with women who want to find balance, who want to find a positive relationship with food and their bodies by finding the root cause and the whys behind their eating behaviors. Casey's Instagram, like I said, is Your Case for Wellness. There you can find more information about Casey, the services she has available to you, such as one-to-one coaching, group coaching, and even this program that she runs called Bump to Baby, an all-inclusive pregnancy course that she runs with Sarah, a person who is a prenatal and postnatal fitness expert, and a mother herself. This is a one-stop shop, you guys, (laughs) so I'm just letting you know. Check it out. Hello, Casey. Thank you so much. I feel like you just sung my praises. I'm 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 in a great mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all true. I just was like, wow, doing a lot of research on you. And I that's what I found. So, and I totally when you said root cause of these behaviors, that went right to my nursing heart because root cause analysis is something we do when something goes wrong. What was the root cause of this? Yes, many things happened along the way, but why? Is Why are you really doing that? Why did it really happen? So I was very pumped when I heard the words root cause. I was like, that's, that's it. You do mm-hmm. have to find that root cause that basically in any problem or behavior or whatever you're trying to fix. So yes, definitely was jazzed when I saw that root cause. I was like, yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> Because like with with so much of, especially with women's approach to food and nutrition, it's all these band-aids, right? And I know you're an RN. So like, I know you see like people come in and yes, you have to deal with the acute thing that's happening, mm-hmm. but if you want to have long-term health, you need to dive deeper. And so it can be very difficult when you're at your PCP just to have them really dive into what is, you said, the root mm-hmm. of why you're having these behaviors. So okay. It is much easier to just put you on a scale take your blood pressure and say you're healthy or you're not healthy you check this box or that box but we know there is a range (laughs) we know and that there is more to our health than just those numbers yes they can be an indicator of health but just saying that your bmi equals whether you're healthy or not is really cutting so many women short is really cutting all people of being able to dive deeper into how they can truly be healthy, live healthy. And it's driven an obsession with numbers that isn't serving us, numbers with how many calories, how many macros, how many points. And so when we can dive deeper, and first of all, I, I very much teach the people who work with me nutrition, but it doesn't matter all the nutrition facts you know if you don't have the mindset to get you there. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're stressed AF, if your kids are pulling your hair mm-hmm. and all you want to do is just eat the ice cream sundae or let's let's be real, like the Ben and Jerry's pint that's in <sighs> the back of your freezer, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's freezer burn on it. We, mm-hmm. We're going to eat it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, you, you're going to resort to those behaviors. And mm-hmm. once in a while, if we resort to them, it's okay. But if you're keeping on going to those behaviors, it's because of something bigger, right? We don't have other coping mechanisms. We um don't haven't gotten to the root of certain nutritional deficiencies right so it's kids both mindset and nutrition that we have to merge together for ultimate health
0: for sure for sure i totally hear that like in nursing school i had three kids my youngest was three years old obviously um i had a wonderful husband helping me through that whole situation however i'm working full-time i have three kids i'm in full-time nursing school i did what i called ate my feelings gained Mm. three pounds (laughs) i was like Dang. so yeah that's that's definitely a thing us women do like emotional eating you see it in tv you know get a bro you have a breakup you grab the ice cream you know i remember a friend's joke oh you get the the whole fat ice cream for this breakup this is a bad breakup <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh, yeah ah. and um, to what just, a, just a, but yeah. to one degree, it's like great that we have friends that are supportive and whatnot. But mm-hmm. just so, but also our society can make it seem it's like that's what's socially acceptable. It's socially acceptable to eat to the point of you not feeling good on certain holidays. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want you to die on certain holidays. I not want you to restrict yourself, right? But the idea that we're then just like saving up for these events, or that that what it leads to is this all or nothing mentality oh, it's my birthday. Oh, it's my friend's birthday. Oh, she brought in the cupcake. So then you do that. And then you're like, oh, I already messed it up. So you make your whole day that. Yep. And it's setting you up for this yo-yo, which is making you inflamed. It's making you feel icky in your body. It's making you not sleep. So then you feel like crap the next day. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel like crap and you don't have energy, what do you turn to? (laughs) So it's it's a constant cycle. Totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like you said, it's a vicious cycle. And it's this one of my questions for you is like, with especially your new mom, I'm a mom, I remember the societal pressures of like snap back to your pre baby body, and it's still there. And you know, Hollywood doesn't help. But those people have professional trainers and chefs and nutritionists at their service. Um yeah. <laughs> so what do you say um to those societal pressures and what advice would you have as a certified holistic nutritionist to support women through that postpartum and you know lactation period if they're breastfeeding.
1: Yeah. And it's such a good question because I have many new mom clients and I am a new mom myself. I have two yes. months old. Yes, congratulations. And so I've never understood it more than I understand it now, right? Um and the thing is is that it should take you at least nine months (laughs) more and you should never expect it. You, your body was carrying human life. Mm -hmm. It's going to change. Your body's going to change. You can potentially get back to that pre-body weight, but your body will never be the same. And that's a beautiful thing for so many reasons, but it's something that we mentally need to understand. Mm -hmm. Now, not only did it take nine. Actually, that's the society's lie. It's 10 months of that baby. Totally interview. 10. ten yeah. It's a full 40 ten weeks. It's that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took 10 months to grow that. So think about it took your body had 10 months of changing, but now you're trying to, you know, get your body into shape. And it's not like you were out of shape, but just, you know, trying to tone up and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But now you also have to care for a little one. So it should take even more time. So we need to give ourselves grace, but at the same time, that can feel like, oh my gosh, it's going to take forever. So what we want to do is we want to create metrics for ourselves that are motivating for that long journey. A lot of times women come to me and they may not even have children yet, or they have really little children. And they say, I have never felt normal with food. I've been yo-yoing forever. The only body that I like is I look back at my High school body.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: and I. But I recognize that I don't want to be in this roller coaster anymore. And I want to have a good relationship with food because I don't want my kids to end up like me. Mm-hmm. So if you have a greater motivation, then I just want to get to that bikini, bu- whatever the heck that is. Yeah. When you put it in the context of understanding, like, this may be a slower journey, but with a slower journey, then I don't have to keep going on that wagon. So, yeah, it may take you longer to get there but think about how many times then when you go on those go on those quick fixes fixes right go quotes, fixes mm-hmm. then you have to end up doing it again and again and again so you're not allotting for in your terms of your mental time frame analysis mm-hmm. you're not allotting for all this time to go back and back and back and back like if the yep. diet worked you didn't have to go back to it yeah. so yep. yes it may take you some more months or whatever maybe take that you know full, whatever it is mm-hmm. But then you don't have to keep reverting back and back and back. You have a relationship with food that you feel like you can go out. You can be served food. You can model for your children. Totally. And find peace and balance. Yeah. I hear you
0: in that. Or you're not like constantly going through that cycle of, oh, my pants are too tight. Time to do my tricks again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, get back to your pants fitting and then you're like, okay, now I can breathe a little bit. And then (laughs) you breathe a little bit and boom, here we are. Pants don't fit again. And it's it's like, let's just fix. And I'm not perfect. Oh, my gosh. I am so not perfect. Uh, And I hear you on teaching your kids like I have been very intentional. My daughters are 17. I have twin daughters that are 17. I have. Been very intentional about never talking about my weight, about never specifically talking about food or eating my feelings or bad food or good food. I, you know, I say if you want a healthy snack, you can eat it on your own. You can totally go raid the fridge for cheese sticks and grapes and bananas. I don't care. (laughs) But if you want something that's like more snacky, the rule was you should ask. And that's just because children need to be taught control and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I've never mentioned my body what I think about food, you know, I just, they just see me eating. <laughs> yeah. And I purposely was very intentional with that. And I mean, like I said, when I was in nursing school, I ate my feelings in the form of bagels and regular soda. But um, we, we make light of that. Like you said, it's a normal coping mechanism. Whereas if you were a glutton with anything else, alcohol, drugs, gambling, society would be like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's just kind of crazy because on that flip side, you have the ideal body, you know, and it's not, you're not going to have that ideal body if you eat like a glutton. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny the two things that are acceptable in our society, mm-hmm. two opposites, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and so that's so incongruent in our society. And then you have whatever issues you may have been raised with or taught with food or a lot of people's childhoods aren't perfect. And then you develop coping mechanisms to, you know, deal with those things that you're experiencing. And sometimes that's food.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I would like to know how do you as a certified holistic nutritionist, how are you what are your top techniques in helping people figure out what is how do I fix this? How do I fix this relationship with food?
1: I love this question. So it is highly individualized, which is why I do what I do because what we talked about, we started the conversation with the band bandaid approach. The diet is this shiny object that you are using to give you a sense of control and a set of rules for a short period of time. So what we need to do, do is we need to work back and think about what has brought us comfort, and in the past, and for a lot of the women I work with, it's like this sense of control that they don't even realize is what's they feel like is needed in their life. Mm-hmm. So we were raised to please others in every aspect. You everything that you did, and especially as little girls, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm for pleasing for others, even where to come to your grades in school, right? Like it wasn't you who decided if you got an A on that English paper, it was your teacher. And obviously I'm not like the school system is what the school system right, is. Right, right. But you're constantly being graded and evaluated by others who are determining your worth. Yep. External validation all the way. And there's that external blueprint of how to succeed, how to be a good girl, how to be get-go grades how to do X, Y, and Z to get on this path in life. Mm-hmm. And then, especially for us who, you know, go through the school system, whatever, and go through like what we're supposed to do. And then we get into the real world and it's like, what's next? Totally. And during that time though, also in what, and this can start early in adolescence as well, when we go dieting, it's, it feels it's like a safe container because there are a set of rules. Mm-hmm. We are good if we follow these rules. We are and we're good used we to follow- rules. Exactly. Yes. And so it feels almost like safe. Mm-hmm. And we're able to be like, I'm good. And like, and that rush of, I'm good. I'm being good. And I'm
0: you feel boxes. good. you feel like you checked your boxes. You got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And then when we kind of go on the other end of the wagon, it's like this release of control, this like dopamine, like create whatever. And we get this and then we rein it in. But then it's like this middle ground. What does it mean to operate in that gray? And that gray is so scary because it's not an extreme. Mm-hmm. it doesn't have a set a set sense of rules like how i teach nutrition i give nutrition guidelines and I'll, because i i give nutrition guidelines because i understand our need for some type of safety and some type of box checking mm-hmm. but i also teach women how they can connect with their intuition mm-hmm. with their food and their mindset so it's like being able to understand their hunger and fullness cues for example so that they but also with nutrition protocols because you can never fully understand nutrition your nutrition cues if you aren't taught enough about nutrition because if you're constantly for mm-hmm. example eating refined carbohydrates your body will not be producing the proper satiety hormones for you to know that you've had enough mm-hmm. for example so going back to your original question of how do we uncover that it takes time so what we one thing that, I do is with with the women that I coach especially on like the private and semi-private level is they have unlimited messaging access to me so that we can be able to dive into when things are coming up when they notice that they're eating this or that. Now, what one exercise that anyone can do that I urge to leave your listeners is we think about food journaling as what am I eating? What I want you to do is before you eat something and after you eat for a couple of days, I'm going to say for 3 days. I want you to write on a scale of one to 10, one being absolutely famished, 10 being like that Thanksgiving cliche, like, oh, stuff, right? How hungry are you? And then also, where are you? Just one word, like, where are you? And Mm -hmm. what feelings or emotions do you have? And then after, do that for your meals. So for your meals for three days, then look back and see what patterns there are. Are you really noticing that you're overeating? like Because you're also going to write on that scale how full you feel after your meal, right? Maybe it's at your desk, maybe in just at work in general. Mm-hmm. Maybe you notice a time of day. Maybe you notice after a certain situation. Maybe it's with a certain person, right? Now, three days. I'm not going to say it covers everything, but we can start to notice patterns, and you can start to be your own. You can start to build your own self-coaching skills, which is what I want everyone to do. I want Mm -hmm. everyone to be able to notice these patterns themselves. So maybe you notice it's always after a a heart. it's after a day of work. Now, okay, if it's after a long day of work, is it? because of the work itself? Is it because of the drive home? Is it is it because of the, like, your boss? Is it because of this certain room in your house that just triggers you, whatever it is? You never you never know. Yeah. So having your environment and the understanding of that all is extremely, extremely helpful. And so if we can do that, that can help. And no trigger is too small. Like, no, it wasn't a little thing. She just spoke and it could be, that could be your trigger. Mm-hmm. And don't mm-hmm. belittle that. Yes.
0: And I was going to say, like, I can just see myself doing this journaling and, like, trying to make myself look good, right? No, no people. If you're going to do the journaling, just be transparent. Nobody's looking yeah. at it but you. Like, please just be honest with yourself. <laughs> exactly. Because we like to be good, so we're going to write down the good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or And don't, like, try to be good and you're eating those few days. You know, do what you normally do. Because that's what you want to notice is what your normal patterns are. So I like, I'm just speaking to myself. I could see myself being like, okay, we're going to handle this. We're going to get an A plus on this assignment.
1: (laughs) And that's why I'm not even telling you to write down what you ate. Right. I'm telling you simply to write a food thought journal. Yes. So nothing about what you ate. I might do that. (laughs) And it makes you think also, even though you said you don't want to be perfect Yes, you don't want to try to change your behaviors, but while you're doing it, you may change your behaviors just as a result of you thinking for a second about mm-hmm. it. And Being that mindful. in of itself that yes, exactly. And that in of itself is illuminating and is part of the process too, right? For if you're sure. going down to eat and then you you know recognize the pattern, then that's great. That's literally the point of the exercise.
0: <laughs> right, right. And then you can kind of try to find out what are those patterns that I have? What is causing those patterns?
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know probably I am probably preaching to the choir. I'm an emotional eater for sure. Mm-hmm. Have a bad day at work. Where do I want to go? Texas roadhouse with that bread and that yummy butter who doesn't love it. And it's free unlimited. I'm like, bring it on. Just keep bringing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And honestly, that's a trigger for a lot of people too. free food. True. Yeah. You're
0: like, oh, it's free. So I might as well. And my mom, her dad, you know, my mom's old. She'll kill me. But she's 79 almost. So her dad grew up in the Great Depression. So her mm-hmm. piece of wasting food and me wasting food, my version of wasting food or not, like t- completely different stories. You know, like I'm like, oh, how long has this been in the fridge? Okay, it's going. And my mom's like, no, it's still good. And I'm like, absolutely
1: not. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how genera- like generational trauma gets mm-hmm. passed down in different ways and manifests in different ways. So we can really uncover layers and layers and layers of this onion, but it is, you know, when going to the whole thing of like free food or, or not to waste. Now, while I am, I love sustainable practices and I don't want you to waste food. It's a waste. If it's going to lead you, is it more of a waste if you throw it out because you don't want to eat it? Mm-hmm. or the waste of like extra weight on your body, the waste of waking up tomorrow and feeling lethargic, the waste of having guilt and shame. Now, I never want you to have guilt and shame about food, but if you are, you know, not finishing that brownie, but then you get to, what do you get to get to have more of? You get to have more energy. What are you bringing more of in your life versus what are you, quote, wasting? Right. And that brings up one of my principles. I talk about the 10, 10, 10 rule mm-hmm. or the after effect. Mm-hmm. How will you feel in 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 years from this food decision? If you enjoy the brownie out with your friends, you're probably going to feel in 10 minutes, you're going to feel good because it's like you enjoy it as a good experience, right? Whereas if you ate the, you know, the plate of cosmic Debbie's, <laughs> right? Like all alone of it. by yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you you're not even going to feel good in 10 minutes. No, you're going to be sad and full. Yeah, so if you feel the after effect beyond that quick dopamine hit, mm-hmm. how are you really going to feel? And that goes also with the idea of the waste. Like, yes, maybe in 10 minutes you'll feel good that you didn't waste the food, but then extrapolate like, out. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. How are you really going to feel?
0: Right, and that accumulates over time. So when you're talking 10 years, like, you could be a lot heavier and have some health problems by now. Mm-hmm all because you didn't want to waste food. Like you said, sustainable practices, all for it, except when it's causing health problems. Mm -hmm. I am not the clean plate club. I grew up in the clean plate club. Clean your, you know, we weren't promised dessert or anything. We just had to clean our plates. And I'm like, you're not even rewarding us. What is this? (laughs) Where's my gold star at least? Exactly. I'm like, where's my cookies? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was like clean your plate. And if you didn't clean your plate, you had to sit there and you had you would be at the dinner table rest of the night staring at that food until it was bedtime. And I don't do that with my kids. I've very intentionally been like, are you full? Okay. if we can save it, we will save it for later. If we can't save it, that's okay." And because their health and their perception of food and their relationship with food is so much more important to me than throwing a little bit of food away. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my kids, my son specifically, is one of those kids who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm full. And I'm like, you didn't eat anything. It's amazing. You're growing. And so, like, he'll fib and throw it away. And, like, that's the situation where I'm like, "Uh, no, because you just threw a whole meal away, sir. We could have just been like, "Okay, I'm full and put it in a box for
1: later. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, also going to that waste. If that waste isn't leading you to increase your waste, whatever, <laughs> circumference, think right. about what more food you're going to have to eat mm-hmm. to as you're accumulating and accumulating. And that's not going to be as sustainable long-term, right? For sure. So just something to go to think, not, not in a shameful way, right. but to think about in like the greater context.
0: Totally. And I really like how you mentioned control and these checkboxes and how like when we're in school and growing up, you know, we're so... Women and girls are raised to just be like, "Look how pretty I am. Look at my dress. Look at my twirl." Mm -hmm. And then through school, the grades, and you know, be following the rules and not getting in trouble. And then all of a sudden, you're out of high school or college, and you're like, "There are literally no rules." Mm -hmm. And so you're like, "I need to control something." And what are you controlling? And also, like, I, I'm a nurse, but I also have an education. My first job was PE and health teaching, and so I have a degree in that, and I. I know very much that eating disorders are all based in control. Like there's often, often people who do have eating disorders, the rest, a lot of their life is in chaos. You know, God knows what's going on in their lives and they can't control Mm -hmm. much. And so they control their food. Yeah. And so I'm imagining a similar concept once you're out in the world and you're free to do your own things. Your mom's not making, you know, she's not cooking. She's not buying the groceries. She's not telling you, hey, like that's not. A smart choice. No one's there helping you. There are no rules. And you are like, oh God, what are the rules? And so you like jump on that fitness tracking or that, you know, meal tracking app or whatever you jump on and you're or counting your macros or doing your whatever. And all of a sudden it's about the numbers. And like you said, that makes you feel better. And I totally relate because. In a different way, new moms and dads are like, hold on, if they're breastfeeding, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't know. How do we know if they got enough? I'm like, because they're not hungry anymore, because they're settling well between their feedings. They're peeing they
1: enough. have <laughs> their intuitive eating skills. Now, yes. we're born with these innate skills. We've just, our society has brought us around, ab- back from them. So we are able to get, we can get reintroduction. Yes. It just takes time and work. Yes. I'm mean, like, <laughs> your baby will pee and poop enough. They'll gain weight. They'll be settled between feedings. That's how yes. you
0: know. And they're like, okay. and I, But I like hear you. You need those ounces. You need those, you know, like the numbers. We need them, but Mm -hmm. it's not all about the numbers. Uh, I hear you in that so much because one of my very good friends, she's my best friend, she has a much different body type than me, but she is very strong, very flexible. All of her numbers are great, except for her, she's a different body shape, like I said, so her weight is bigger than mine. It's larger than mine. And that's but what does that mean? You know, yeah. when you're the rest of your, you like your cholesterol is good and all those things, you know? So mm-hmm. it's so subjective and everybody's a different person, you know?
1: Absolutely. And bringing up kind of, cause you were saying with eating disorders and I had, I, I always had different eating disorders ranging on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to comes to food um, for almost a decade. And then it got to a point though, when, and I know a lot of women can relate to this. They, I don't work with women with active eating disorders, but I work with women who may have had not all, but I, some of the clients I have, have had them in the past. Mm -hmm. And so there's a part of our brains of people who've had, who've experienced eating disorders, especially on the restrictive end, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it's like, when you're, when you're trying to recover and you're not in that space anymore, you're like, what? can't remember, rest- like why can't I not be in that type of control like I was like, I know I'm not saying I want to go down that path I don't want to be insert whatever there anymore mm-hmm. but like why can't I like have a little bit more control right like why can't I like, stick to this diet like I used to be like that mm-hmm. that's such a hard mental trap it's such a hard mental trap right and it's like so great that you're out of that but it's trying to then again like going back to the conversation trying to be able to navigate that gray area because before you were just in the extreme and you recognize that the extreme is not where you want to be anymore, but then what does it mean? How can you get validation of being more, more in that gray area? Mm -hmm. And so that's why, as I said, creating better metrics for yourself in terms of your success, your health, your goals, being able to have checkboxes for nutrition that aren't related to just calories and macros and whatever, point system so you, right. get, you have to pay for some point system and then therefore and then they share they sell packaged food for that exact points oh yeah right? i know i'm like um, oh, interesting <laughs> yeah right so it's we can be able to utilize that same po- so it can be very difficult because to just go on the total other end of the spectrum right so we want to utilize those same parts of the brain that get those hits of reward but utilize them for for good so to speak and um I operate in this area again, like in that gray area, because I don't promote diets. I don't promote restriction. I don't Mm -hmm. promote anything, but like lifestyle changes. That's that's, we focus on health. And as a result, you have these body changes, Yeah, but it's like, we focus on health and then these other things come Mm -hmm. now. I, um, some people do really great with just intuitive eating on its own. For me personally, intuitive eating really helped to improve my relationship with food and create peace with food. And for those who aren't familiar with intuitive eating, it's 10 principles of like really repairing your relationship with food and like a non-diet approach. Mm -hmm. But intuitive eating did not teach me actual nutrition for my body to feel my best. So yes, I wasn't being as obsessed with food. And yes, I was realizing that you know, my worth was more than just my body and that I should not like equate good and bad with, with food all the time. But I still like was carrying extra fluff that wasn't serving me. And I'm not talking about vanity weight. I'm talking about like inflammation and just like, it's a symbol of where I had been with food and it's still not getting to a place where I was feeling really healthy. Mm -hmm. And so through my experience and through then working with holistic practitioners and finding that I, wait, I can be intuitive with food, use intuitive, intuitive principles to understand my body cues, but then also understand nutrition practices, nutrition to empower me versus promote fear in my body. Mm-hmm. That's the middle ground. It's hard to find, you know, it can be hard to find and navigate on your own. But once you do, it's, it's, it's truly the sweet spot.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I was always so jealous of those people who viewed food as fuel. I was like, Oh, good for you. I want to eat that because it looks good. So you're like, I'm eating this because my body is a machine. And I'm like, that's not why I eat.
1: <laughs> that's foreign to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I mean, good for you. What,
1: how did your parents raise you? Cause that's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but also to say like, there's so much beauty in the fact that you and I see food as enjoyment. Like oh, that yes. doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes a bad thing when it's your only source of enjoyment, when it's your only coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And there's so much shame associated with, wait, I like birthday this or cookie or this because then I'm supposed to like rain it in tomorrow and it just really messes us up mentally mm-hmm. when that's how we equate with food now we need to be able to enjoy the food but it's that moderation piece that balance piece that's like I know those words those words are so overused but it's yeah. really it's finding that sweet spot
0: mm-hmm. where you feel happy in your decisions you're happy you know like you ate the food and you're just so happy about it but you didn't overdo it so you don't have to have those weird feelings about it
1: the weird feelings exactly (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean
0: I hear what you're saying about the fluff like you're not talking about weight the inflammation you know like if you think about a person who drinks too much and that's a completely different thing but you know they quit drinking and all of a sudden they didn't lose weight but like their faces are not puffy and red anymore Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. you know and like
0: people who are ill or on certain medications you know like they can be their bodies are inflamed and swell you know like so i totally hear you the inflammation is real you can have inflammation from stress you know just we're all stressed out so much and our cortisol levels are like (laughs) so that can make you know that fluff happen
1: absolutely yeah Totally. And think about that. The cortisol with inflammation, which you're absolutely right. I love how you touch on that. Totally, Um, The cortisol and inflammation, how cortisol, as we know, the interplay of our other hormones, you know, that leads to that stress. When we cortisol, how that affects our blood sugar, how that then affects our cravings, how then we then eat the things. And that makes us more stressed out. And we go, we're like going on this peak and going up and And I don't mean climbing the peak in a positive way. No. And then you crash real hard. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all a bad um, deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing uh. is, is it's it's also sometimes even even me, like sometimes I have my moments. Right. But the point is, is that when and this is when you know, you've really healed. It's not that you never have those moments. It's just that they become there's becomes more space between them and the recovery period becomes shorter and shorter and shorter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you some you know you know slip up and you 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 realize that at the end of the meal you like really ate past fullness and you feel I'm not saying like oh you indulge right because indulgence should be a part of life and that's not slipping up mm-hmm. but if you were like I did that or and I really don't feel good in my body mm-hmm. you don't get to the mindset of I need to restrict tomorrow I'm not gonna have breakfast I'm gonna now have some crazy sure. intermittent fast you get to the point of like. I honor my body and I don't like how I feel. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow I just want to I'm feel gonna good do, in my body tomorrow.
0: And I'm going to do better tomorrow. I'm going to do
1: better, but it's not, I'm going to do more tomorrow.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah like I'm going to restrict my eating or I'm going to work out harder or whatever, you know, and the totally hear that like, oh, I'm going to do this workout so I can eat X, Y, Z at Thanksgiving. And you're like, what? And I
1: mean, who hasn't done that? I've done it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I like remember being at home. I was like on the elliptical for like three hours at right. my parents' house. Like something whack. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. It's Thanksgiving. Why don't you ha- ha- join um the family? Yeah. Sit um, down, please. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the just like you were saying earlier, but in a, framed in a different way, it's it can be really difficult when you're on this journey when it's so socially acceptable to the diet to say, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I was so bad yesterday." I'm not having carbs. <laughs> like right. people, w- women say that, and it's okay to say. Mm-hmm. Totally, and I really encourage you to, along with that exercise of, dur- you know, journaling with your, your food. Think, notice how you feel after being with people do you mm-hmm. feel good or not so good about yourself after hanging out with X person? Now, I'm not saying you're going to cut them from, I mean, if you can, whatever, but like, I'm not saying your mother-in-law, she's going to be your mother-in-law. And so it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, at the end of the day, you really are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And that energetically, like, you, we don't have to like get into all that, whatever, but that affects you and that weighs on you. Mm -hmm. And so if you are trying to go down this journey and you notice there aren't people that are on that same path as you, you sure as heck need to find at least someone to help to support you in that way. Mm -hmm. And it could be your partner. Maybe you do have a friend. Maybe it's working, you know, with an online coach. Maybe it's finding a community online. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's now going to a yoga place that you feel like, people are more mindful and you make the effort to make a, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you need to, and even on social media, you need to edit the people that you are viewing. Because it's so yeah. toxic. The people that we like hate the most are the people we click on their profile the most.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me look at them more. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so true. We just like Want what they have for some reason, and so we just go and look at it more, and then in turn, make ourselves feel bad mm-hmm. when often what we're looking at is unattainable and for so many reasons, or man- it's manufactured what's in front of us exactly. exactly. Totally. So, ending question What is the one single piece of advice besides the journaling people? Remember the journaling you would give someone to try to start fixing their relationship with food. Uh,
1: Oh, I love, love this too. So, um, I will give two tips, like one more nutrition and one more mindset. So from a nutrition perspective for all of your meals, I want you to focus on protein, fat, and fiber rich carbohydrates. And for your meals, for women getting to 20 to 30 grams of protein roughly is going to be key to making you feel really satisfied, nourished, and help. With your hormones, which is like a very hot topic for good reason. So, really making sure to have that balance on your plate for all of your meals yes, all of your meals and your snacks too is Mm -hmm. crucial. Mm -hmm. Now, from more of a mindset piece, I want you to, as I said, going with the journaling, but also just take time to slow down, take time to reflect, realize that it's not about going faster, harder, and stronger but slowing down is what's going to be key for you to be able to find these triggers, find these patterns and find peace with yourself and also to be able to make habits that stick. For sure.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time Casey. It was great having you on. Remember to check her out on Instagram, Your Case for Wellness. And we might have her on again because I'm sitting here thinking of like many questions that we need to talk about. Would love to. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't mind me if I invite you again. Okay, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. You're welcome. And once again, congratulations on your brand new baby. Thank you. You're so welcome. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, mommies, that was Casey Weiss, Certified Holistic Nutritionist. You can check out her Instagram for more information. It's your case for wellness. She has lots of different programs she offers. And she even has a program that she offers in combination with a prenatal fitness expert. So go check that out. And if you'd like more information on my podcast or more information about me, or you wanna email me, Please check out my website, mommymentorpodcast.com. I look forward to engaging more with my audience, so please do email me, send me an Instagram DM. My mommy mentor is my Instagram. Please send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, mommies, have a good whatever time of day you're listening.